Hello and welcome to Walk the Pod, your daily walking show where I take my podcast for a walk because I don't have a dog, inviting you to take 10 minutes away from your desk at lunchtime, walk in nature, pay attention to what's directly in front of you for just 10 minutes. I've just put my Trundle app on to record this walk on the bike track. This is episode 8, series 33 of Walk the Pod. We're talking about abundance this series and I want to talk about an abundance of creative ideas today. I think we've touched on abundance and creativity already this series but I have a voice note from Tess actually from Trundle which is very exciting who has some really interesting thoughts on conceptual creativity and how there's a large part of our brain that will come up with creative ideas on our behalf if we just allow it the space and time perhaps not to think because I think thinking is something you're aware of but to process welcome to walk the pod hey Rachel it's Tess from Trundle um sending a huge thank you for all the shout outs you've been giving to Trundle and thanks to to the UK bodies who already joined us and they're adding their everyday steps to the fundraising. We're sorry we're not available outside the UK just yet, but we hope we will in the near future. I'm also loving this discussion about abundance in relation to creativity and that ancient Greek and Roman idea that genius is transient, you know, it's as a visiting spirit that you have to be ready for. Because I think this links beautifully to the actual conceptual makeup of the creative mind. And obviously this is applying creativity and conceptual thinking beyond the arts as those sort of aha moments are vital to sciences and other fields too, of course. We just have to remember and trust that it's this conceptual bit of our brain that ponders away on problems or ideas without us knowing. And perhaps it is this that reaches out and snags the passing genie. So I used to be so anxious about where my next ideas would come from and I worked in an industry that really sort of regarded its employees as an ideas factory but as part of a really smart training course I was sent on once um, they mapped our brains it was like a Myers-Briggs on steroids um, but seeing that great big conceptual chunk on my personal pie chart has been like a constant reassurance ever since Um, The fact that this analysis also revealed a painfully slim amount of logic is actually borne out by my inability to follow written instruction, read maps or do the maths, but that's another tale. Um, And it's, I think, Rachel, you mentioned this um, earlier this week, it's always good to remember that our brains are most creative when we're trundling along at three miles an hour. Um, So anyway, have a lovely day and thanks everyone. Thank you, Tess. Hugely appreciate that voice note. I love the idea of the conceptual part of our brain reaching out and snagging a genie (laughs) as it swoops past. I've really never thought about uh, creative ideas as visiting us before starting this series of the podcast. So I'm really grateful to everybody for bringing this to me, this idea that the genius is sort of around us waiting for us to be sat at a desk working so that it can visit us and I I really like the idea as well that 
the genie is looking down on uh, on us and looking for people sitting down working um, in order to visit with a poem or a creative thought. And if you yourself are not able to take the creative thought, it will move on to somebody else. Now, I'm pretty confident that if you're trundling at three miles an hour, you're in a very open and receptive kind of space. Your brain is just jogging along gently and absolutely ready to be visited by genius thoughts. So don't think you actually have to be at a desk in order for genius to visit you. If you're walking along with some way of recording the thought, I think that will work fine just to provide a bit of reassurance to anyone who's thinking, oh, I must be at my desk all the time. Because we know that's not the case. We know that sitting at a desk, trying to think, think, think our way through the day isn't really conducive to having creative ideas because we do need to get away. We do need to think. We do need to allow our unconscious brain to process on our behalf and then present us with what it's come up with when we're halfway through cooking a tin of soup in the evening or standing under a shower or you know just like it is very strange isn't it you put a certain amount of work into something you can't actually get to the end of it you can't work out what the answer is and then 17 hours later almost completely at random an idea pops into your head I'm very lucky in that I'm somebody who often wakes up with an answer my brain will often wake me up, often too early. Uh, often it will go, oh, I've come up with something at four in the morning and wake me up and in order to tell me that, like a sort of impatient toddler. And I'm often not enormously grateful for the early wake-up call, but I'm always incredibly grateful for my brain presenting me with the answer to the problem. Walk the pod itself as a concept came to me in one of these epiphanous mornings when I woke up at four to a brain keen for me to know that the answer to the problem of why haven't I been going for daily walks like I decided to was to start a commitment to do so uh, in the shape of a podcast and to treat the podcast as if it were a dog and that's what I've been doing ever since and I've saved an enormous amount of dog food because I haven't had to buy the pod any snacks at all uh, I haven't had to take it to the vet I haven't had to pick up any poop there is no podcast poop potties so that's good news isn't it um, it's been it's been tremendous and by far the most successful thing I've ever done to give myself a regular opportunity to walk and this is what I'm now trying to do for other people so if you would like to embed the habit of walking I would say there's two tools I can offer you one is the podcast which will give you 10 minutes of sort of starter material to get you to do your laces up and get out of the house and the other is of course the wonderful trundle app which i have running as we speak which will record your kilometers as you walk them and blow me down if it doesn't then convert those kilometers into donations for well-deserving charities like the national parks trundle is uh, collecting money for the national parks at the moment until the 25th of january i think so that's what we're walking for at the moment. So there's loads of support out there for walkers, I would say, more than there's ever been before. Maybe we can make walking into the most popular 
national pastime. It's so good for creativity. It's so good for physical and mental health. It is uh, more revolutionary than anybody really gives it credit for. So I'm keen to get the word out. started reading a lovely book last night by Christopher Hadley called The Road and I hope to get over to Christopher's neck of the woods soon to interview him about the book but it's beautiful it's all about uh, the Roman roads that were created after the Roman invasion and uh, and I forget I forget exactly when that Roman invasion was so I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to remember but the Roman invasion of Britain uh, not very long after the start of the common era, put it that way, and the roads that they created following that invasion stretched all over the UK. They had names like Watling Street, even though they were hundreds of miles long. Calling a a road, which is now an M road, a street is quite funny. And, um, And there's a load of work being done right now to map these Roman roads in detail to find out where they actually went because there's a great deal of misunderstanding about where they actually went and to understand that of course wherever you put a road actually determines all kinds of other things it determines where people live it determines trade routes it determines where battles are fought roads are hugely significant in the historiography historiography i don't know what the correct way of saying that word is but if you combine history and geography that's the word, historiography, of, um, of a nation. And uh, so Roman roads are really, really, really interesting to look into. So I'm hugely enjoying this book, which is written with all the, all the eloquence and skill of uh, some of my very, very favourite authors, Alan de Botton and Rebecca Solnit, two authors who I will read almost anything they want to write about because they just write so beautifully. Christopher Hadley is in that in that um, uh, stable. Thank you, Brain, for coming up with stable eventually. It took quite a while. <laughs> so uh, an interview with Christopher Hadley will follow at some point when I can get there. Uh, and that's the tricky bit. What can I see directly in front of me? Well, uh, it's the most beautiful day in the world. Very much like yesterday, another really, really cold day, but with no wind, so it's actually quite crisp and lovely. I'm not quite as full of it as I was yesterday because I've got used to it now, of course. Uh, and the, the frost has dissolved off the grass, so it's not quite as noticeable to crunch through as it was yesterday. But uh, it's lovely. There's a blue sky ahead and overhead. Faint sound of sirens in the distance, for we are, let's not forget, still in within the M25. Uh, the ring road that surrounds London, for anyone unfamiliar with that. And um, lots of mud underfoot and a twittering bird in a tree nearby, which I cannot currently see, but it's up there somewhere. Maybe it's the robin that was shrieking at me yesterday from the branch of a sapling I walked past. It was so insistent, I pay attention to it. It was absolutely ridiculous. I was like, all right, universe, calm down. (laughs) The universe was definitely trying to tell me something yesterday. Um... For those who weren't listening to the episode yesterday, when a robin talks to you, um, it is 
It is an attempted intervention on behalf of the universe, and I assume you already know that, Poddies. I assume that's like common knowledge, but just in case not. Thank you for walking with me, my dear poddies. Absolute delight to stretch my legs with you this lunchtime. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. A little bit more on conceptual creativity. And um, one of the things Tess mentioned was the anxiety of where are my creative ideas going to come from when working in a creative industry. And I completely understand that, I really do. Uh, it's a It's a tyranny, really, working in the creative industries of having to come up with lots of creative ideas and then also being beholden to the the editors who pick the ideas and just reject other ideas, which are perfectly good, purely because it's not what they're looking for at that moment. It can be very, very dispiriting indeed. So when we think about abundance, let's include the abundance of creative ideas. And remember that whilst it's actually very very stressful and makes us feel we need to be moving faster and thinking faster the best way to come up with lots of creative ideas is to do the work on them and then put them away and go for a walk and give our brains time to process them in the background and they will come through with the answers we just have to trust that that's the case take care of your beautiful mind my dears uh, yourselves and each other and i'll be back with episode nine tomorrow